following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Dylan Rieger getting traded to Minnesota changes nothing. Six foot four guys running four fours. These guys don't grow on trees. And a lot of times I'm going to bet on, especially, you know, long term on the freak athlete. You don't ever want to overreact to what guys look like in preseason. There's been a ton of preseason all-stars that never make rosters or, or never pan out. Good morning, Belly Up Fantasy Live. How's everybody doing on this fine Sunday morning? I am Chase Thornton coming to you, as always, from the Mott and Bailey Basement Bar. Flying solo again this morning, Kevin Wilson's wife. It's her birthday, apparently, this weekend, so we would like to wish you a very happy birthday to Mrs. Kevin. Uh, and he is understandably given the day off today. But uh, lots to get to today. Last week, we covered a lot of uh, quarterback talk uh, in the league. We talked about how almost half the league had questions at the quarterback position. Uh, kind of cool. Almost immediately, as soon as we went off the air last week, uh, we had movement on several fronts that way. So we'll get to some of that. We'll talk about uh, some of the franchise tag uh, decisions that were made this week around the league, uh, at several different positions. Uh, and of course, we'll look ahead to some free agency that coming up this week. Uh, the legal tampering period obviously starts tomorrow ahead of the start of the new league year on Wednesday. Uh, so we should see a lot of movement in terms of, uh, you know, NFL rosters and roster decisions. We, we might, we may or may not hear from Aaron Rodgers and what his decision is this week uh, should be all kinds of fun coming up here. And then uh, as soon as, you know, as soon as that gets rolling, then we can really start to look ahead to see what do we think teams are going to do with the draft. Speaking of the draft, we did have a big trade this week. The, uh, the earliest ever trade of the overall number one pick. Uh, so lots to get to today. I hope everybody's doing great out there. I know uh, as soon as I get off the air here, I'm going to be heading outside uh, up here in Wisconsin. We've been dealing with some snow lately. I've uh, just watched the snow plow go by twice uh, in my early morning prep here for the show. So I'll be out there making sure that we can get out and get in it. But uh, as we said, a lot of movement, uh, a lot of movement this week, especially on the quarterback front. It was kind of funny as, as soon as, like I said, almost as soon as we went off the air within the next day, there were immediately, uh, you know, basically four guys that came right off the board. Uh, we got word from a few other teams that they were or were not interested in certain guys. Uh, you know, first off, I guess, you know, one of the big dominoes that fell the, for this entire off season here, Derek Carr finally makes his decision. He signs with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, four years, $150 million, uh, you know, overall. When you look at the way that the contract's structured, it really turns out to be more of maybe functionally anyway, it turns out to be more like a two-year deal with kind of a third-year option. Okay, uh, you know, basically the first half of things is, is, is guaranteed for him. That fourth year on there kind of helps for, you know, salary cap and distribution purposes and that uh, it brought Derek Carr's average annual value where he wanted it though. Um, and it, it gives the saints an upgrade over. I assume, assume an upgrade over what they had last season in Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. Um, it gives Derek Carr some stability here for the next two years. Uh, there are some interesting, fun, young pieces there. Uh, Chris Olave. Uh, they just signed Jawan Johnson to a, you know, to a bit of an extension there. Um, at tight end, 
obviously they still have Taysom Hill, their jackknife, you know, Swiss army knife kind of toy that they use down there. Um, they're discussing Michael Thomas, uh, whether they want to extend him, whether they want to rework, they've already worked, reworked his deal once, um, earlier this off season, if they rework it again, or if they extend him, how will that shake out? Um, you know, Michael Thomas, obviously we haven't seen much from Michael Thomas since he had that phenomenal 2019. He's only played in a handful of games. He's got less than a season, full season's worth of work here in the last three years. Um, you know, is Michael Thomas even Michael Thomas anymore? I don't know. He looked okay in the three games that we saw from him, you know, a year ago. Look, looked okay. Certainly wasn't the defensive back nightmare. You know, can't guard Mike that we all that we had come to know and and trust in fantasy. But uh, but there are some weapons. There are there are options uh, down there for Derek Carr. Of course, the, the Alvin Kamara legal situation kind of hangs over as a cloud over that team until that gets resolved. But uh, Derek Carr signs with New Orleans, four years, $150 million. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, Derek Carr has always been sort of an okay option, but he's been always been more of a fallback option. He's never been that. He's never been the top 10 option for a season long that we, that we've kind of, I think for right or wrong, we've always kind of assumed that he should be, or kind of felt like he should be. Um, they've had some options down there for him to throw to, but I mean, things haven't just haven't worked out for, for the Raiders, Los Angeles, Oakland, Las Vegas, wherever they've been, it, it's, they've been real hit or miss down there. And I mean, especially with, you know, with Derek Carr, with Henry Ruggs and, and the Antonio Brown fiasco that never really worked out and things like that. Um, you know, but regardless, he's just never really had that top fantasy season. Um, but he is a solid quarterback. I think that he, I think that he offers more than Dalton did to them last year. Dalton was, was steady for them. He was okay. They won some games with him. Um, certainly saw more we've seen more out of him than we've seen consistently out of Jameis Winston. Now Jameis Winston has all the athletic talent in the world. I think Sean Payton leaving the saints really was really was a step back for Jameis Winston. Now, speaking of Jameis Winston, they did give him, it, it looks like it's kind of an ultimatum or whatever, like a, a reworked deal saying, Hey, Jameis, We'd like to keep you around, but if you want to stick around, you've got to, we've got to rework your deal. They've basically given him until Wednesday to, you know, make that decision for himself or, or, and, you know, whether they're going to keep him or not and whether it's going to be on this rework deal. Um, regardless, I mean, like I said last week, I think Jameis Winston is a rosterable dynasty quarterback. Um, obviously, I think that, you know, you know, Derek Carr is a good ad. If you, if he was available out there, if he's, or, you know, if you want to, make a trade for, especially in a two quarterback league. I think Derek Carr will be a nice option this year. Um, he, like we said, he's got Olave. We'll see what happens with Michael Thomas, but uh, I, I like Derek Carr this year, uh, but I don't like him as anything more than what he's been, which is a good middle of the pack kind of fallback option. Your quarterback two in a two quarterback system, uh, your backup fine to fill in on a, you know, on a weekly basis. If you need, 
for your for your bye week for your re- regular starter or if somebody goes down with injury okay you can pick him up and you're just like in real life he's probably not going to kill you uh, but when all said and done i mean Derek Carr is Derek Carr if you've had him before you know what you have in him and you know what you're going to have in him um so there's there's my take on that the James Winston thing again he's rosterable if only because you know he's going to be he's going to be a capable backup. He started before. It's that's not going to be too big for him. And you know the guy's got all the ability in the world to chuck the football all over the field. I mean, we've seen it before, uh, the good and the bad, but rosterable guy. Uh, elsewhere on the quarterback front, Geno Smith signs an extension with Seattle. I think this is this is one of the feel-good stories of the entire league over the last several years. If you haven't been paying attention here, Geno Smith, like he said, everybody wrote me off, but I ain't right back yet. He, everybody, myself included, uh, had, had, had written him off, had passed him by and thought, Hey, you know what? Geno's days are done in the NFL as a, as a starter, as a viable option. He was a backup. He'd been a backup. It didn't look like it was going to be anything more than that. Well, then the Russell Wilson trade happened. And Drew Locke comes back. And again, Drew Locke was somebody I, myself, again, included. I'll I'll raise my hand and and admit to that. I think the the thought last year was that okay, yeah, Geno might start the year, but eventually they'll give it to the young, they'll give it to Drew Locke. He's younger. They want to see what they have for the future and, and move on with him. And then Geno never really let go of the job. He just kept he just kept playing. He just kept playing at a high enough level that, that, that you couldn't justify taking him out and, you know, really looked like a, something different than we ever, than we had ever seen from Gino at the, at the pro level before. Um, even that his couple year run in New York as a starter for the jets. Uh, we, we never saw Gino be as, as consistent as he was last year. And he really seemed like he took that job by the horns. He, he, he was a leader for that team and really kind of took the question out of it for them. Now, obviously, I mean, he's, he's not young. He's in his thirties. Um, but you know, locking him up, lets them concentrate elsewhere. And this deal that they gave him, essentially it's three years, $75 million deal. Now it can raise to 105 with incentives. Only 40 million of that is guaranteed. So if they're not locked into him, like long-term here, they can still use him as that bridge starter. It just looks like that bridge is not going to be crossing to drew lock anytime soon. It looks like it's going to be uh, crossing to some future as of yet, not on the roster Seahawk quarterback option. Um, there is no guarantee that they don't take a quarterback in the first round this year. Remember they, they have that, that pick from Denver that they got in the Russell Wilson trade. So they have the ability to, to draft the quarterback early if they want and still get uh, you know, a player at a different position of need down the line. And if they can afford to take a guy, let him sit behind Gino, let him learn from Gino uh, and, and have that bridge. Like we said, that bridge to the future, while still having the the stability here from Geno Smith. Geno Smith getting 40 million guaranteed. Good for you, dude. Uh he'll make more over the course of this guaranteed two slash three year contract than he has in his 
NFL career to date. Only made, I think, something like three and a quarter, less than $4 million last year. This is a giant step up for him. And uh, again, I think feel good story. Fantasy wise, hey, he was a top 10 quarterback last year. If they if they can get the same kind of production out of that offense this year, uh, you know, we saw we saw him support DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett in that offense. We saw Noah Fant become a usable tight end option up there in Seattle once they finally settled on using Noah Fant and not using the other 13 tight ends that, that they had on the roster. Um and Kenneth Walker obviously is a is a good option out of the backfield there. We'll see what happens with with Penny if Penny can come back healthy at the running back position. But uh, there are options there, and if they can just get similar production, he was a top ten fantasy quarterback last season, and he was a consistent option. Um, so you know, I expect more of the same. If you've got him in dynasty, you might be able to. You know, depending on where your roster's at, you may be able to move him right now while his name's in the news. Like we said, he's not necessarily a long-term option. He's more of a short-term option. You might be able to talk somebody into, into getting you an asset back for that, whether it's a draft asset or, or younger player at some other position um, in a two-quarterback set. Uh, hey, like, you, like I said, you've got that bargaining chip of this was a top-10 quarterback last season and can be a top-10 quarterback for you next season and possibly the year after. Uh, all he has to do is, you know, perform and he, it wasn't like Geno Smith was doing unheard of things last year. He was just doing unheard of things for Geno Smith. We just hadn't seen him do that. Now the Seahawks were willing to bet on him. They were willing to take that shot. As Pete Carroll said, Geno was willing to take that shot on himself. This, this, this contract is a lot better if Geno can perform up to the levels that, you know, Apparently he thinks he can and the Seahawks think he can because it's in the contract form. He can go out and get himself, you know, a, this can be a nine figure deal by the time it's all said and done if Gino performs up to it. So, uh, you know, good stuff there. Again, like I said, I, I, I don't mind Gino next year as a, as a option that you could probably wait on in drafts from a redraft standpoint, dynasty wise, again, you're fine. You've got a quarterback, you had a top 10 option last year. You might be able to snag, you know, a nice option, a nice asset for him. Uh, if you try to move him this off season, especially like right now, while the name's hot um, and maybe even before the draft, if you, if your league is open for business now before the draft, depending on what they do going forward, if they, if they sit, at, I believe it's number five, sitting that high up, if they snag one of those top quarterback options, don't know that you'll see Gino make year three of this deal. So again, you know, it's always, you're trying to, you're trying to build Belichick everybody. When you're talking about a dynasty format, you're, you're looking to move a guy one year early rather than one year too late. Right now, name in the, in the news coming off a great year, career year might not be a better time to move Gino. If you're, uh, if you're so inclined to do that, uh, Daniel Jones in New York, as we crack our first one of the day here, Daniel Jones signs a four-year, $160 million contract uh, with the Giants after they refused last year to pick up his fifth-year option. He came out under Brian Dable, had his best year of his career so far, efficiency-wise. Didn't necessarily have the best counting numbers, but efficiency-wise, he made big steps forward uh, last year. And you know, I, I've seen some debate on oh, Daniel Jones isn't worth that. Ever. 
listen, look at the improvement he's made year over year in terms of his efficiency. Now give him somebody to throw the damn ball to. Who has he? He's been throwing at dudes like me and my neighbors for the past four years. Who has he had? Kenny Galladay? Kenny Galladay hasn't done anything since he, since 2019, when he, since Detroit. He got on the plane in Detroit and he left all his receiver skills behind him, his health and apparently any sort of positive attitude. I'm not a Kenny Galladay fan. If you haven't caught on, I, if you've been listening to the show, you may have uh, you know, picked up on that in, in past episodes, but who has he really had to throw the ball to? Evan Ingram was not Jacksonville Evan Ingram when he was in New York. Uh, you know, no one else can seem to stay healthy. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton, obviously Wondell Robinson and, and, and Kenny Galladay haven't been able to stay healthy. Uh, yeah, and they traded Kadarius Tony. Great, great talent. He couldn't stay healthy when he was in New York. They just have had no one to throw the ball to. Even Saquon Barkley hasn't been healthy enough over the course of Jan- Daniel Jones' tenure there to take some of the pressure off of him. Give the guy some healthy weapons. Give him a healthy year of Saquon Barkley like we saw last year. Give him somebody to throw to. Crime and he's Richie James comes in and he's your top option. Uh, let the guy have somebody to throw to sign somebody this year. And we'll talk about it in a little bit here, but apparently they're interested in an Odell reunion. Uh, get the guy, somebody to throw to. I think he can be a very good, uh, you know, especially uh, fantasy quarterback. I think you can win with him. He led him to the playoffs this year, won him a playoff game this year. He is, he did everything he had to do this year to earn this contract, I think. And you can debate that all you want, but again, Dable, I think, is good for him. Look what Dable was able to do in Buffalo. Dable is a good coach for, for a young quarterback and for bringing a guy along. He, he, he has increased the efficiency with the quarterbacks that he's worked with, the young quarterbacks he's worked with in his career. I think that he has brought something, a new attitude to that Giants locker room that, that has been needed, and he was good for Daniel Jones. Give that guy somebody to throw to now. Watch him take off. Fantasy-wise, we know Daniel Jones has a great rushing floor. I've been beating the drum for Daniel Jones for, for a year and a half now. I think that he he's one of the best runners in the entire league from the quarterback position. Again, getting better as a passer. He, he's maturing and developing as a passer. Get the guy some weapons. He's worth the four years, $160 million. 82 of it, over a little bit over half of it, guaranteed. Um, so, again, not necessarily a full four-year contract, but – this is a good commitment. It allows them to now focus elsewhere. It allowed them to use the franchise tag to keep Saquon Barkley now. And you can debate the merits of that all you want. We'll talk about Saquon in a little bit here. But uh, running back's franchise tag is a lot cheaper than a quarterback franchise tag. This team now has given themselves some options going forward to be able to add to that team and continue to build on the maybe not quite unexpected success from last year, but the, I think, bigger success last year than anybody was necessarily thinking they would have. Um, Daniel Jones, again, four years, $160 million. I love it. I like him as a top 10 option next year, fantasy-wise, because of that rushing floor. Let's see what they do with the draft here. Um, I, you know, I've seen them linked to a couple of guys. I saw them linked to Zay Flowers at one point uh, in the draft. I don't know if I necessarily like I'm crazy about that, but uh, there are some receivers available. 
and there should be somebody around when they pick if they want to go that route. Um, I again, I like Daniel Jones as a top ten type option, top ten possibility. And if he makes, if they get him anybody to throw to, and he makes any kind of uh, progression in the same vein as what he has made as a passer the last several years, he could surprise a lot of people next year. Um, elsewhere in the quarterback front, as we take a sip here, Miami, the Dolphins, speaking of 50 year options, we just saw the Giants take that gamble, not picking up their guy's option and then bringing him back, which is kind of a rarity. Miami decides to pick up Tua Tagovailoa's uh, fifth-year option. Now, Tua Tagovailoa, when they had him healthy last year, they were a much different team. He was a much different quarterback. He was a, he was a great quarterback. Obviously, the concussion problems last season, the injury problems, the, the missed time, there's the specter hanging over his head right now of, is he concussion prone? How much can, how much are they going to be able to get from him? Everything that we've seen that we, what we have right now in front of us from, from an information standpoint says that Tua Tungvaloa is going to be their quarterback this season. And he should be just as good to go as anybody else is. Um, it means they paying him 20. They're, they're locked in now to paying him through 2024. It'll be a $23.2 million salary in 2024 reasonable for a quarterback, especially if they get the kind of play out of him. And if he can stay healthy, and I realize that's a big if after last season, but if they can get the same kind of play out of him that they got last season, $23 million uh, is, is not bad at all for that. Again, we've, we've brought it up before. We've talked about it before that teams trying to make a push with a quarterback on his rookie deal while you're, while he's affordable strike while that iron's hot surround him with guys and, and see if you can make a run. Now they, they did that. They Tyreek Hill, they signed, bringing in their new coach uh, McDaniels and bringing in Raheem Mostert and, and, and bringing in Jeff Wilson and trying, you know, trying to surround him with some, some talent there. Um, I listen, I don't know any more than anybody else does about his health and about how, how he'll handle the, the rigors of being a quarterback in the NFL the next couple seasons. If the guy can stay healthy, I know he was dynamic this year. They were a dynamic offense. He's still got Tyreek Hill, who is apparently still a sprint champion. If you've seen that, if you saw his race from yesterday, uh, he still has he, he still has a, a, a fun core to throw to. He still has McDaniel as a coach, and he still has his the innate ability that that he's had the whole time. Uh, now. Again, can he stay healthy? We'll see. Fantasy-wise, I i mean, he was a good option last year when he was healthy. If you've got him in Dynasty, i, I he's a hold for me in Dynasty. Um, I don't know that I'll be targeting him redraft-wise coming into next season. Um, but, hey, you, you, can't do, you can't do a whole lot better than the weapons he has to throw to. Mike Kosicki being gone at tight end aside, they didn't. They never threw him anyway. They never used Mike Kosicki. They've got to shake out their running back situation. They've got to figure some of that out. But, uh, you know, again, still has the, the receiver core. So I, I still like Tua going forward. Uh, like I said, he's a holding dynasty for me. I'm not looking to move him. I'm not looking to acquire him in dynasty yet necessarily. Uh, Fifth-year options, 
quarterback wise from that same draft class, we're still waiting to hear from the Bengals and the chart and the chargers. But I think anybody that's been watching any kind of football or has any kind of common sense knows that the Bengals are going to pick up Burroughs option. The chargers are going to pick up Herbert's option. Uh, then the only other option coming out of that class right now is green Bay and decided on, on Jordan love. And again, we're waiting to hear on Jordan loves, uh, you know, account whether or not he's going to be the starter this year and whether they're going to have an opportunity to know what they have in him um, on that front. The Jets uh, flew a contingent out to California apparently this past week to meet with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, by all accounts, the meeting went very well. They came out of it confident, according to several several reports, confident that they could swing a deal for Aaron Rodgers. Um, then we had Mark Murphy, Packers president, come out uh, – was at the Wisconsin uh, girls basketball high school state tournament in Green Bay. Uh, gave a gave a interview to a reporter there. Basically made some comments along the line of, "Oh, sure, yeah, Rogers could still be our quarterback. I guess if 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 our top if our top option doesn't work out, something along those lines." Just made it sound like, "Okay, well, our our preference isn't necessarily to have Aaron back. Our preference would be, yeah, let's swing this trade and move on." Um, Interesting. It comes out this morning. Then Rogers made some comments to uh, Brandon Marshall on I am athlete. Uh, they were at a, a charity event, some kind of charity sports event. And uh, Rogers made some comments to Brandon Marshall along the lines of uh, won't be long now till we hear a, a decision. And then made some more kind of half cryptic comments. Of course, it's Aaron Rodgers. What else will we get? Half cryptic comments about how, you know, Brandon Marshall had made a, had made an, uh, he made a comment about, well, I think I'm an all-time jet. Brandon Marshall played. If you remember, possibly he played for the jets, played for the jets for two years. Um, he said, I think I'm an all-time jet. You know, you could be an all-time jet too. And Rogers made some kind of comment back to him about, it's hard to be an all-time player on a team with history, uh, only playing for him for one year. Does that mean he's planning on being there for one year or he only thinks he'd be there for a year? Is he already reading the tea leaves and thinking that it'd be a one-year stopover like uh, like his mentor, Brett Favre, uh, had? Who knows? Until we hear anything from Rodgers, I think it, it looks like if Rodgers says the word, they can, they'll make the trade. Report came out uh, via, I believe it was Pelissero. Tom Pelissero said that uh, – there have been no official talks or no no trade parameters hashed out between the Jets and the Packers yet. Uh, everybody's just waiting to hear, hey, Aaron, are you coming back for one? Are you coming back to Green Bay for two? Or do you want to go to New York three? As soon as we hear anything on that, expect things to move quickly. It's looking more and more likely that Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers will be a Jet next year. Um, and it's looking more and more likely that Jordan Love will be uh, the Packers quarterback moving forward here, uh, but we'll see. Either way, they haven't picked up Jordan Love's fifth-year option yet. We're still waiting to see on that. They've got until, I think, May of this year to do it. Uh, and we'll see what happens with Rodgers. All right, let's listen to our uh, friends over at RexMD. We'll listen to our spot on that. we come back on the other side. We'll move on to some other positions. Had some interesting news this week at the running back wide receiver position. And then, like we said, Let's get into some uh, some free agent talk and, and, and figure out where some of these people are going to go. 
Fellas, do you sometimes need a little help in the bedroom? Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at RexMD are here to help you make this the best night of your life. Erectile dysfunction is a common medical issue that over 30 million men in the U.S. tackle every day. We've all had those nights where we get too nervous and just need a little help. The doctors at RexMD will evaluate you online, no office visit needed, and ship medication directly to your door before the big day. With RexMD, they're here to help and provide you with real FDA-approved medications at the best price. Act now to take advantage of their Valentine's Day deal by heading to RexMD.com slash bellyup. Our exclusive deal will save you up to 90% off where you'll pay as low as $2 per dose on generic Viagra instead of $90 plus on Viagra. That's RexMD slash bellyup. For 90% off, your partner will thank you. Your partner will thank you. Like we said, get over there. Use your promo code belly up. Get yourself some help. May not make tonight the best night ever. You might have to wait a few days for the mail to deliver, but uh, it'll definitely help you out going forward. All right, moving on now. Like we said, a lot, a lot of movement in the NFL this week. We're ramping up to the free agency period, really getting started. We've had a few free agents sign already because you know, they were released outright by their teams. Anybody whose contract just expired, uh, that that legal legal tampering, whatever the hell that means, legal tam- if it's legal, it's not tampering. But the legal tampering period is what they call it. That opens up tomorrow afternoon, so we should start hearing guys who have agreed to deals uh, as soon as tomorrow afternoon. We'll start hearing the parameters of deals in place and who's going. Starting to hear who's going where. Uh, Wednesday then is the official start of the new league calendar year. And that's when those deals can then be made official. You'll see lots of uh, officially official tweets coming coming out from Ian Rappaport and, and Field Yates will be on the guys from all over the place will, will have thoughts on that. I'll give I'll be giving my thoughts on Twitter as signings are made and and we start to get a clearer picture of of who's going to be where, but then also who still what teams still have needs as we then head in and ramp up to the draft. Uh, mentioned it earlier, Saquon Barkley gets the franchise tag from the New York Giants. Now, Saquon finally had a healthy year last year. Finally, you know, was able to sort of get back to that to that same level of play that we saw him from him. His is that phenomenal first year in the league, his rookie season. They didn't use him quite as much in the past game as they had that year, but he still had 76 targets last year, caught 57 balls, which which was a nice total, um, you know, they gave him almost 300 carries. He had, he had, he had over 300 touches on the year, 295 carries last year, but, uh, you know, again, finally, finally got that other healthy year out of Saquon that we hadn't seen in the last couple of years. Uh, if you took him high, you were rewarded for that as opposed to the last several years where you took him high as I did twice, uh, and got burned. But, uh, Giving, you know, signing Daniel Jones to that deal meant that they could franchise tag Saquon. Now they're, we've heard all, all kinds of talk. We, we talked about it on the show. You've heard it elsewhere about the, the, the devaluation of the running back position in the NFL and not necessarily devaluation in terms of, from an important standpoint of the position, but a devaluation in terms of the importance of an individual player and, and, what what we're willing to pay, what teams are willing to pay these guys. It's not like what listen, when I was a kid and I'm I'm an old man, but when I was when I was coming up, when I was a young man, 
starting out in the fantasy world here, running back was the be all end all. And it was the be all end all of offense too. And obviously now the, the I mean, it, it isn't just the last 20 years, it's the last 40 years. The league has been progressing towards a much more pass happy format. All the rules changes are meant to, to increase the passing game and protect quarterbacks and, and, and free up wide receivers and, and give us the explosive offense that the league assumes that everybody wants to watch. Uh, and you know, the, the, you know, correlating with that has been the devaluation of the, of the running back position. Running backs have short shelf lives. We know that we know they start to decline around age 27, 28 by age 30. They're basically you know, old men. Um, and they've become somewhat interchangeable just from a scheming standpoint in the NFL. Now, if you've got that guy, if you've got Derrick Henry, if you've got a healthy Saquon Barkley, obviously those guys are, massive, massive weapons. Uh, but I mean, we, we've also just, we've also seen systems that can just plug a guy in and, and, and keep marching, keep go, keep moving forward. Uh, do you want to pay a guy, you know, a top five type salary at that position? If you can help it. Well, obviously the Gi- the giants felt that Saquon was worth that. And I would argue that, I mean, we just talked about it. Who the hell else are they going to give that kind of money to? They don't have any receivers that, you know, that, that really stand out and, and make you say, yeah, pay that man. Uh, we don't know about Wandale Robinson, but Wandale Robinson is a slot receiver for them and, and his smaller option coming off an injury. Don't know when he'll be available. Um, I don't think anybody's rushing to, to give Sterling Shepard or Darius Slayton, even as consistent as Darius Slayton was last year for them. And as good as Sterling Shepard was looking before the injury, I don't think anybody's rushing to pay either one of those guys. Talked about Richie James. There's just nobody on that roster right now that you really want to pay other than that. Now, yeah, they can free up that money elsewhere, but Saquon is a good weapon and he can be a weapon in the past game too. They've used him that way before. They used him that way to some extent last year. Um, So I like that move. I like Saquon again as a top 10 option next year, a top five type option at running back. Um, that's locked in. Um, elsewhere, Odell Beckham, speaking of the Giants, Odell Beckham uh, had a workout this this week down in Arizona, trying to show people that he's ready to go. Obviously missed all of last year, decided to sit out the entire year rather than signing with anybody. Took the whole year to get healthy um, and worked out. According to, um, you know, according to reports that we've seen, said he looked explosive. It looked good. Uh, they said he looked muscular. Let's, uh, someone had a quote that he looked somewhere like between a cross between Saquon Barkley and say Debo Samuel. That would be something kind of new for Odell. I think if he's looking that thick, um, but uh, you know, anywhere from 12 to 14 teams are down there. A reports of the 49ers, the bills, the Browns interested in reunion. Hey, Baker's not around. He might be willing um, that'd be interesting. Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Odell, the way that David and Joku played last season. I mean, a reunion there could be fun now if Odell was willing to, to, to do it. Uh, Arizona, obviously it was in their backyard. You'd think the Cardinals would send somebody. The Chiefs, again, talk about the rich getting richer. Odell on that team. Um, the Giants, as we said, the Jets had had reps there. The Panthers, who 
can use all the help they can get on offense right now. Patriots, the Rams, lo- always looking for, for a reunion with him. That's been in the works since he since he got injured and since he left. Uh, Baltimore, who could always use some help there. Minnesota, again, an intriguing uh, possibility, especially with the release of Adam Thielen. K.J. Osborne, is he a number two? Is he not? Um, you know, across from JJ, uh, Justin Jefferson, are you going to not? You're going to not double Justin Jefferson? Okay, well, fine. But that means you're going to single cover Odell Beckham, who still, according to this, if you've seen any of the, the clips or any anything from last from his workout earlier this week, can still make the one-handed crazy-ass grabs. Who are you going to cover? Um, TJ Hawkinson is there too. Remember, that's an interesting possibility as well. Um, so Odell working out. We'll see where he goes. Um, the Broncos wide receivers. There's been, uh, you know, some reports that teams have been contacting the Broncos asking about Jerry Judy, asking about Cortland Sutton are either of them available. Um, so far the Broncos have said, no, we're not shopping them. We're not interested in that. Now I heard other reports that they were talking about this week that said that they may be interested in possibly doing that, that Tim Patrick with Tim Patrick. Remember he missed all last season with the knee injury. Uh, you might remember someone on this show was high on Tim Patrick coming into last season. He profiled, he and Cortland Sutton both profiled as the type of receiver that, that Russell Wilson likes to work with, uh, you know, bigger, taller body and, and, and throw it downfield type. Um, I was psyched up for Tim Patrick last season. Then he blew the knee out, shot that all to hell. But uh, there's, you know, there's some thought, okay, hey, is Tim Patrick the guy that they're the, they'll want to keep and move on from Sutton? They could probably get something for Sutton. He's still young enough. You could still move him. Obviously, Judy's young. Judy brings something a little different to the table than Sutton and and Patrick do, though. And he he looked like he was starting to figure it out last year. He, he looked like when he was finally healthy, he looked like he was starting to be that receiver they were hoping they got when they drafted him. Um, so keep an eye on that. They've got kind of a you know, they've, they've got a nice, a fun, deep, deeperish receiver core there. They might be able to make work something out, especially since they need a running back. No telling if Javante Williams is going to be available for the beginning of the season. Uh, he may be more hurt than they've let on was uh, one of the, I, I think it was Jeff Manns talking about it on uh, elite sports on, on Sirius XM radio this past week. Um, Javante Williams may be a little more hurt than they're letting on. They may be a little uh, leery of that situation, they're going to keep Latavius Murray, who obviously has some history with, with Sean Payton there. We've seen Latavius Murray be a usable fantasy back in a Sean Payton system. Now Latavius Murray is older than, than you and me, but if, if he's comfortable in that system, if they're willing to give him the ball, he could still score points. He did last year. Uh, but they may be, look, they may need some, they may need to bridge between now and when Javante Williams can get himself healthy with that leg injury, that knee injury. Um, they did just cut Chase, or they're going to cut Chase Edmonds. Edmonds, listen, he was a throw-in in the Bradley Chubb trade. He he never really did a whole lot for them anyway last season. This might be the end. You know, you heard it here first if it happens. Uh, Chase Edmonds, this, I don't know how usable he'll be as a, as a running back in fantasy going forward, dynasty or otherwise. Um it's uh, you know, there's a lot of guys out there on the free agent market. We just talked about the running back position, how it's interchangeable. And there's a, there are a lot of guys we'll talk about them here in a little bit. 
a lot of names out there right now. And there are a lot of names, almost every single one of them I would rather have on my team right now, whether I'm an actual GM or a fantasy GM, there's a lot of those guys I'd rather have before Chase Edmonds. We may have seen the end of him as a usable fantasy piece or as a consistently usable fantasy piece. Um, but the running back situation, Denver one to look out for, they may be somebody in on one of these free agent running backs, depending on the health situation there with Javante Williams. Uh, wide receiver wise, uh, you know, Hey, Vikings talked about them. They released Adam Thielen, longtime franchise stalwart. He's gone. Um, probably wasn't as bad last season as, as I think we all feel he was just because he wasn't as good as we've seen Adam Thielen be in the past. Um, I think he still has something to offer people. I think that he is more of a number three receiver at this type, but if you get him on the right team where he can be a, you know, it's a cliche, but if he can be a veteran mentor to a younger receiver group, you bring him into a young receiver room, they can learn from him. He could be a real nice safety blanket type for a young uh, quarterback just coming into the league. We know we've got several guys who are going to be, you know, drafted here coming up in the next month and a half. And, uh, you know, say a place like Carolina with a young receiver room and no real established receiving leader on that team. And you know, they're going to have a young quarterback here coming up with the number one pick guy like Adam Thielen would be a real intriguing fit there in Carolina from, in my opinion, I, th- I think that somebody like him that could, that could really help out, not just your quarterback, but the rest of the receivers in that room. Uh, that would be something I would be really looking into if I were a team like Carolina, who I knew was going to have a young quarterback, and who I knew didn't have necessarily a top established option right now at receiver. Um, Houston, same kind of situation. Going to have, in all likelihood, going to have a new and young quarterback. Uh, Don't really have an established leader in that receiver room. Yes, they've got Brandon Cooks right now, but I think that it looks like Brandon Cooks is gone for all. If they can do it at all, I think it looks like Brandon Cooks wants to move on. And I, I think Adam Thielen could be a really nice option in that kind of an offense. Um, Bobby Trees, speaking of the Texans, Robert Woods just signs down there. Two-year deal. Um, listen, I've no one's been a bigger Robert Woods fan than me in the last several years. I loved him. He saved my fantasy season in uh, in in my keeper league a couple of years ago. Uh, but I think. I, I, he's not cut out right at this point, post injury, especially he's not cut out to be that top option on a team that isn't chucking the ball all over the place. Like LA was, um, even if a team is chucking the ball all over the place, I just don't think he's cut out right now anymore to be a top option. He's a solid player. He's going to be good for that team. He'll be good for that receiver room. Um, but that's a team in transition as a team, we don't know much about how their quarterback situation is going to be. So from a fantasy standpoint, I don't, I'm not big on Robert Woods. He's probably still a wide receiver four option, maybe with some three upside, um, which is where I think Adam Thielen would be a, if he were to sign there as well, the same kind of thing. Um, yeah, not excited about that, but it happened this week. Uh, Jamal Williams. Led the league in rushing touchdowns last season for the Lions. I know the Lions want him back. There's some talk now that the Bills, the Bengals, the Jets may be interested in him. 
And those are intriguing possibilities. Listen, I, I loved Jamal Williams as a Packer. I miss him. I like AJ Dillon and I like Aaron Jones, but I, I miss Jamal Williams. He was, he was great. He was a fun personality. One of those guys that if he's on your team, he's got a real fun personality. If he's not on your team, he'd be really annoying. Um, and if you saw anything from hard knocks last year with, with, when they were with the lions, you know what I'm talking about, but these are three teams that, that are intriguing in terms of Jamal Williams, what he brings to the table, the skill set, and the situation that we're talking about there. You're, you're looking at three teams that seem to employ or have employed that rushing down quarterback, that, uh, that goal line and early down option, and then, and then a pass, pass catching back. We've seen it in, in Cincinnati, Joe Mixon, has been an early down back, but not necessarily one who's been all that successful from a yards per carry standpoint, from an efficiency standpoint. It's just they give him the ball enough that, yeah, he scores points fantasy-wise especially. Yards per carry don't mean a ton to us in fantasy in terms of our you know our bottom line at the end, but they're a good indicator of, of the success the guy's having, and, and, you, can, and you, can, you can use them to project a little bit. Uh, Mixon has had some interesting legal situations happen this off season. Now he's not being charged with any of them from what we've learned, but he's costing you a lot of money at that running back position. Um, the, the talk for Jamal Williams is he might, might get around a four year, 4 million a year deal. That's a lot cheaper than what you're going to be paying for Joe Mixon. Um, you get out from under Mixon, you get out from underneath the headache of Joe Mixon from a social standpoint. Uh, and I mean, it's, you can't do a whole lot worse than, than his efficiency numbers the last couple of years. He averaged less than three yards a carry, I believe, last year. Um, Jamal Williams, as a short down back, we saw him do it this year. We've seen him do it in the past. We've seen Jamal Williams be the guy, first, second, and third down. But especially you know, on a team that has Samaje Pirine, uh, Pirine has shown he can be a pass-catching back. Pairing the two of them up, intriguing thought. Buffalo, James Cook, young Looks like they want to use him more as a cat pass catching back than as a traditional three down or, or, you know, every down back. Um, Devin Singletary's on the market. Devin Singletary, who, who are you going to pay more? Devin Singletary or Jamal Williams? Singletary probably gets a little bit more, not much, but I mean, I'm just saying it's, it's an, it's a possibility there pairing Williams up with cook. And, you know, then again, the jets, hopefully Brees Hall comes back. And looks like the Brees Hall we got before the injury. He's hoping to be back by the beginning of the year, but that's not a given. They've got Michael Carter there, who they've deployed in that capacity before, um, and who is used to remember Michael Carter. Speaking of Javante Williams, Michael Carter and Javante Williams split, you know, carries and, and split work in North Carolina in college. Uh, Jamal Williams comes in there, maybe can, especially as a, a cheap, maybe cheaper one year option allows you to work Brees Hall in gradually from that injury. You don't have to rely on him. He doesn't have to be that bell cow guy. You still have Michael Carter from last year. That's an intriguing possibility to me as well. Of course, there's the secondary soap opera storyline of, you know, a reunion with Aaron Rodgers possibly, but uh, intriguing thoughts there. And then uh, you know, the other fun news we'll get to here, and this will transition us into the draft after our, uh, after our second, commercial break here, but uh, DJ Moore goes to Chicago as part of the big package that the Panthers send to the Bears 
for the number one overall pick. I mentioned earlier, it's the, it's the first time the top overall pick's been traded before uh, before April. Uh, and Chicago gets, you know, they, they drop down to 1-9. They also pick up pick number 61 in this draft, so they pick up a second rounder there. They have next year's Carolina first-round pick, which if Carolina is as good as we expect them to be, could find them right back up here at the top of the damn draft again. And they pick up Carolina's 2025 second round pick. A nice haul for them, period, regardless of the DJ Moore add-in. But the the talk was that it, um, the scuttlebutt that's been going around is that if, if DJ Moore wasn't included, Chicago really wanted him. They really wanted that young receiver. They wanted to try and get that true number one type guy for Justin Fields. They are committing to building around Justin Fields, not resetting the time clock on that rookie contract like we've talked about before like i mentioned earlier in the show uh they are going to build around him and they wanted that number one back if they hadn't included dj Moore in the deal they probably were asking for another high pick uh next year's second or the 25 first as well or along those lines regardless they get dj Moore, so they finally get now a a guy that we think can be a number one type option for justin fields now you move Darnell Mooney from having to be the number one down to a number two, which is, I think, what he's probably more suited for in this league anyway. Um, if Chase Claypool can actually play like Chase Claypool is capable of playing, uh, didn't work out great for him last year, but you know, let's give let's give the benefit of the doubt to the number three receiver on the Bears now. Uh, this could be a, a fun receiving core. Cole Komet. All these guys are young. They're all 24 and under, I believe. They all have a chance now to grow with Justin Fields. That could be a fun offense here coming up in the next year or two, especially if they can shore up that offensive line. Now, at 1-9, they'll have an opportunity to do that. Do they want to try and get another weapon? Do they want to go defense because that defense needs it, but their offensive line needs it as well. If they could shore up and use that pick maybe on, on a on – a, an offensive lineman really commit to this Justin Fields thing could be a fun offense. If not an effective one from a real life standpoint in terms of wins, remember they only won three. There's a reason they were the number one pick last year, or this year um, from a fantasy standpoint, we know Justin Fields is a top fantasy option type quarterback because of that rushing floor. If we can add any kind of passing into that mix as well, DJ Moore, probably a bit of a downgrade for him in terms of, uh, you know, his fantasy outlook, at least initially. Um, he's he's in yeah, number two ish receiver fantasy wise, but look, who he's, uh, he hasn't had anybody thrown to him to this point. That's not necessarily changing next year. So what's different about DJ Moore? You know, you're D I'm not, I'm not going to ignore DJ Moore in fantasy drafts just because he's on the bears now. Um, I don't, I just, I don't think his situation has necessarily gotten any worse, uh, by going to the bears. Now, at least the bears know who their quarterback is going to be. That's something the Panthers haven't been able to say for several years. They haven't been able to say that week to week, let alone for the season. All right. So DJ Moore, that's a, that's a nice move for Chicago. It's a nice pickup, uh, Brian Poles, you know, Hey, everybody North of Chicago in the NFC North, is not real happy that it looks like they may have actually found a GM that knows what the hell he's doing in Chicago. Um, that's a team that looks to be on the rise. 
that's a team that looks to be on the rise. Maybe not like Detroit necessarily, but uh, Chicago, if, they're putting the pieces together, which is something they haven't necessarily been able to say for, for quite a while now. All right, let's uh, let's get to our second commercial break here. We come back on the other side. Let's talk about some of the top free agent options since we're going to hear some free agency. You know, we're going to see it happening starting tomorrow. Let's hear about some of that. But first, let's listen to our good friends over here at Manscaped. We have breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble and trouble with Manscaped Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. So make sure you get 20% off in free shipping when you go to Manscaped.com by using the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at Manscaped.com. Yes, we raise our glass to the fine folks over there at Manscaped. Like we said, hey, you got to keep them separated. Don't be using the same trimmer you're using up top down below. Now you don't have to. With Manscaped, you can have it all. Um, I, I, I've been mentioning I'm trying to grow mine out. I've been waiting on it because I don't grow as quick as some other guys do. But, hey, uh, you know, the beard balm, you can use that. Keep those, uh, you know, shape that thing up. Keep all the flyaways tamed. The beard shampoo is real nice. It's not, it's not harsh. Um, you know, some guys, Hey, if you've got a face like a cowboy boot, fine. Use the same shampoo you use on your head. Use the bar soap on your, whatever. Great. That ain't for me. You know, you, you want to, you want a beard wash. That's not going to be as harsh on your face as that other stuff is. This has got it going on for you. Beard oil comes in a neat little spritzer. Anybody who's used beard oil, you got to use the dropper can get all over the place. Nice little spritzer keeps it all where you want it. Put that in your beard. Keeps it nice, soft, moisture helps moisturize the the skin underneath. Uh, hey, your your beard produces oils, but when the longer your beard gets, the harder it is for your body to keep up moisturizing your entire beard and moisturizing, you know, producing enough oil essentially to keep your face, you know, moisturized and keep it soft. Beard oil. Applying some helps with that. Uh, so get on over there to Manscaped. Use that promo code for Belly Up and uh, and get yourself some of that stuff. I'm loving it. I'm I'm having a great time. You know, being able to to see what they've got to offer up top as well as down below. All right, moving on now. Yeah, free agency. Like we said, free agency coming up this week. Just real quick, I want to hit on some of these top uh, top guys here, and we'll and we'll we'll kind of go up up or down. Are we excited or not? Uh, we'll start at quarterback. Talked about quarterbacks last week, but 
It is not, especially now that we've had some movement, not a good quarterback crop this year, guys. Uh, there is nobody who's going to be looking to fill a long-term starter from this quarterback free agency class. And you shouldn't be necessarily all that excited about it either from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, I mean, your top option out there probably from a free agent standpoint is, is Jimmy Garoppolo right now. Jimmy, hey, Jimmy G was fine last season. He's been a fine quarterback in his career. I like Jimmy G. I'm not excited about him wherever he's going to sign right now. What's a situation where Jimmy G signs it with a team that you're like psyched up about? Houston? We've heard some 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 rumblings of him going to the Texans, uh, especially with D'Amico Ryan's coming from San Francisco, bringing some of the San Francisco uh, you know, assistant coaches with him. Does that excite you, fantasy wise? Jimmy G in Houston, uh, Las Vegas. Does that excite you? No. Uh, New York. If he if he goes to, if he signs with the Jets. That means they lost out on Aaron Rodgers. And it also means that you're looking at another year of, well, is Zach Wilson going to, you know, of uncertainty at that position. If they sign Jimmy G, do they bring Mike White back? I don't think so. Um, just where is Jimmy G going to sign right now that you're excited about him fantasy wise? That you're like, oh, hell yeah, I got to get me some of that. Nowhere. Um, and he's the top option probably out there on the market. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. I like I love Brissett as a, as a backup. I think he deserves a lot of credit and a lot of respect for what he did, not just last year in, in Cleveland, for what he did in Indianapolis, uh, taking over in the midst of the whole, in the wake of the whole Andrew Luck early retirement decision. Uh, Jacoby Brissett has been a, he has been a professional quarterback. I, I, I have a lot of respect for Jacoby Brissett, the way he's handled himself, uh, Drafted and, and you know, playing in, in New England, the the trade to the the Colts and and what what it, what he did there, um, and then again the way he handled the entire situation last year, knowing full damned well he was not the guy in Cleveland, but still giving it everything he had, saying all the right things, uh, but he's not an option that excites me. He's he's a backup quarterback and he's probably the number two option on the whole on the on the market. Andy Dalton, again my age um Carson Wentz I think we've seen enough Carson Wentz by now that no one is excited if he comes to your team um he may be brought in somewhere to compete again I mean would would, would it be a shock if he would it be a shock if somebody like Houston signed him for a bridge term if they whoever they draft this year we assume it's going to be a quarterback early would it be a biggest shock? Would it, wouldn't it be a Houston thing to do to kind of sign Carson Wentz as a, as a bridge option and then have him completely fall on his can again or worse yet. He looks like he maybe has something for the first half of the season and they get all, everybody gets all excited. And then he Carson Wentz is out again. Um, Sam Darnold again, we don't even have to mention that Taylor Heineke, uh, Mike white, the aforementioned, I'll tell you, honestly, one of the names that intrigues me the most, and I don't necessarily say I'm excited about it, but one of the names that interests me the most, the last guy we'll talk about quarterback-wise, Baker Mayfield. Again, I think Baker played himself into a career extension last season with what he did in Los Angeles. He showed 
that he can be a legitimate quarterback in this league. If you put him in the right situation, you give him the right coaching, you give him the right weapons, Baker Mayfield can be a middle-of-the-road legitimate starting quarterback in this league. He's not going to be the number one overall pick type that, that Cleveland was hoping for and everybody else was hoping for, but he can be a legitimate quarterback in this league. He's not an exciting, he's not a sexy option, but Baker Mayfield could in the right situation could surprise. I don't think he wants to go somewhere as a backup. I think he's going to have to go somewhere as a backup, but I think he's going to want to pick a, an opportunity to, to be the guy, pick a place where maybe it's an older starter where he maybe can either phase that guy out or take over for him after in the short term more rather than the long term, um, or go somewhere like a Houston where they don't have an established guy where Davis Mills is not anybody's idea of an established guy. We keep bringing up Houston's because they need a quarterback. Teams need a quarterback. You're going to talk about quarterbacks. Baker interests me. He intrigues me just from a standpoint of I'm, I'm interested to see where he'll go and how it'll work out. Running backs. We talked about Jamal Williams. There are a ton of options out there right now, and that's not good from the standpoint of if you are a free agent running back, it's great if you're a team that needs one, but do you really want to give any of these guys a big contract knowing that, it's a replaceable position. Jamal Williams, uh, Miles Sanders, guys that, you know, these are all guys that we've seen be not just decent starters in the NFL, but usable fantasy pieces. Very usable. Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary. Uh, Sanders and Montgomery can are kind of, you know, dual threat E. Kareem Hunt, big time dual threaty. Uh, Damian Harris. Deontay Foreman. I still think Deontay Foreman probably goes back, should go back to Carolina. They should re-sign him. I don't know that I'm sold on Chuba Hubbard as the answer running back for them. I think Chuba Hubbard is probably what they used him as last year. He's more of a third down guy, I think. Um, we'll say, and Deontay Foreman's been good in the last couple of years uh, in the in as as a guy, middle of the road guy, but usable usable. Uh, but yeah, a lot of names out there on the running back market. Uh, it's a deep free agent class. There are some intriguing options in the draft coming up here, uh, headlined by B. John Robinson. But, uh, you know, there are guys on this list. These guys are going to have jobs next year. Interesting to see where they all shake out, where they go, who goes back home, who doesn't. Uh, but a lot of names out there on that free agent running back market. Wide receiver. This is a this is a position that is not as deep. This is a position that we're, where the more intriguing names in the wide receiver category are on the trading block. It's the Brandon Cookses. It's it's DeAndre Hopkins. It's guys like that who are on the trade block that are the more interesting options at receiver. From a free agent, you know, angle. We're looking at Jacoby Myers being possibly the top option out there. Juju Smith-Schuster, who may or may not, you know, be headed back to Kansas City. Alan Lazard, I was big on Alan Lazard last year. I will, I will own that. Uh, I don't think I was being a homer in terms of being just a Packer fan. If you looked at his numbers before last season, uh, his numbers per touch and the the work increase, the workload increase that I expected him to see. He looked like he was set to have a monster year. Uh, we all know how the pass game worked out last year in Green Bay. It did not uh, until Christian Watson finally grew up. Um, 
but Lazard is out there on the on the market uh, and probably too expensive for the Packers to bring back. I don't expect to see him back in Green Bay. Um, DJ Chark is out there again, not a guy that excites anybody, but a solid player. He'll give somebody, you know, he'll sign somewhere. He'll be good for 60 some catches next year. And, you know, a solid player, but not anybody's idea of a a top flight. Number one, Darius Slayton, um, who was very solid and very consistent for the, for the giants last year, but again, didn't shoot the lights out. Paris Campbell, these are just not names that gets anybody's blood boiling from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, they can help guys. They're, they're, they're solid NFL players, solid NFL players that I wouldn't mind on my team in real life, but I'm not Juju Smith Schuster. We've seen be a top 10 guy before he has to be in the right situation. This is a guy who was with Patrick Mahomes last year and wasn't putting up top receiver numbers. Uh, Jacoby Myers again. Yeah. So that's that's your wide receiver. I'm looking more at the trade market for wide receiver in terms of some big hits to happen. Tight end, Dalton Schultz is out there. Now, Dalton Schultz did not get the franchise tag. Some people were expecting he possibly could. They did, The Cowboys decided to franchise tag Tony Pollard instead. Uh, I think that's the right move. Um, Jake Ferguson and, and uh, Peyton Hendershot, a couple of young guys, rookies last season. You've got young guys at that at that position. We didn't see a ton out of Ferguson and Hendershot, but I think you saw enough that like, hey, you can turn that position over to them. Maybe bring in another veteran guy to use as your blocking type, mentor type, you know, tight end. They don't need to be giving Dalton Schultz the money that he probably is looking for that he might get out there. Uh, Mike Gesicki, Mike Gesicki underused in, in Miami, but what is he? Is he a tight end? Is he just a big slot receiver that doesn't run as well as 95% of the other receivers in the league? I, I don't know either. Um, I know that they obviously didn't see enough in him to want to use him much. Um, so is Mike Kosicki running more on, is he, is, he, is he running more on some perception of him that we've kind of all constructed with no real evidence for the construction? I don't know. You tell me. Um, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst always been a solid tight end, good player. Um, again, one of those guys that I'm, I would love to see on my team, uh, whether, whether we're talking about the Packers, whether we're talking about the Browns, whether we're talking about me and some other you know, some other hypothetical team I'd be cheering for Hayden Hurst is a guy I would love to see as a, as a tight end on my team. I don't know. I want him as my top option. Um, fantasy wise, any of these guys, depending on where they sign are just as good as anybody else. Schultz. Yeah. He's been a top, top five type guy in the last couple of years, but is he that away from Dallas? I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. He's not just a guy. Uh, Irv Smith. Irv Smith was so good and had so much potential that the Vikings brought in TJ Hawkinson <laughs> and TJ Hawkinson is a good, is a good town. He is a top option at the tight end position and showed it when he got to Minnesota, we had seen flashes and glimpses of it in Detroit. Once he leapfrogged my state and, and, and came over to Minnesota, he really showed 
what kind of top option he could be. Uh, that's how that's how awesome Irv Smith is. That they felt like you know what, no, let's go out and pay TJ. Let's trade in division for TJ Hawkinson, knowing that we're going to have to pay that man. Uh, and they let Irv Smith go. So there's your tight end crop. Uh, weird, yeah. Weirdly enough, the top names, the biggest names, are at the position that is probably the least important of all of them in terms of you know signings and, and running back. Most of the big names are running back, but how many big situations are we going to see from those guys? Should be interesting. Keep an eye on it this week. Like we said, legal tampering starts tomorrow, starting tomorrow afternoon. We'll start hearing some things. Uh, you know, and we, and Hey, we will have it covered for you over at belly up fantasy sports. I said, check me out. STT chase FFB on the Twitter machine there. I will be giving my thoughts on all the big signings that start coming out as soon as tomorrow. Um, so check back for that. Check back at bellyupfantasysports.com for, for my articles as we ramp up here, and not just through free agency, but as we ramp up to the draft, I'll have uh, divisional and team previews coming up. Uh, again, we're working on fantasy baseball, a ton of fantasy baseball pro- content over there. So if you're into fantasy baseball, you can read Ian Lemersall. You can read uh, you know myself. You can read Kevin. Kevin Wilson has, has been releasing stuff. Vince Stover's had some stuff, great stuff come out. So check that out over there. As always, check out Divots and Pivots podcast for, for Mr. Mallet Andrew uh, and, and articles that he's got coming out as well. Get yourself over there. If you like what you're hearing, what you're seeing, give us a like and a subscribe here on the YouTube and, and everywhere else that, you, that you've seen this podcast. But uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, getting to be an exciting time of year. It's weird. There's, there is no off-season in the NFL in terms of excitement. It just keeps coming. We move from games to the intrigue and the hot stove. We move from that into the draft, and by the time the draft is done, hey, it's time to start talking about you know mini camps and and, and pre preseason. So, until next time, next Sunday, we will see you then. Slan Java, everybody, uh, have a good one, and uh, you know let's hope that uh, that you're doing better weather-wise than I'm about to because I will be snowblowing for about the next hour and a half. Cheers. <laughs>